For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, I really appreciate you guys uh, reaching out, emailing me your questions and your comments. And thank you for all those encouragements that you send continually. Appreciate you um, uh, sympathizing with me and some of my personal stories I share. I thank you for that very, very, very much. It means so much to me. It moves my heart a lot. But again, you're uh, listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you have any questions about today's program or maybe a subject that we talked about in the past or something that you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, please contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Again, if you'd like a free Bible, all you need to do is send me your name and your address to this email of Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Again, that email is Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com and I commit that I won't use any of your information other than to send you that free Bible. Welcome to today's program. The entitle of today's program is Divine Declaration and we've really um, kind of started this mini-series I guess you could say on the Sermon on the Mount and uh, where Jesus just gave these wonderful words of encouragement and enlightenment to us to humanity this was written down for our benefit and um they call it the sermon on the mount it says that jesus in matthew 5 uh chapter 5 he talks about going up onto the mount he saw the crowds he went on the mountain and he had sat down and his disciples came and he began to teach them and saying just these wonderful things and, and I want to reiterate them again um, and we'll get back to where we left off in the previous program before but understanding these I think is um, is really uh, wonderful and they're, they're often referred to as the Beatitudes but let me read this to you blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be saved. Blessed are the merciful, because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you in, when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then in verse 13, it changes up just slightly. And this is where we were talking last week. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Take that to your heart. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor a light, a lamp, and then put it under a bushel or a basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. And just so, your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Oof. Been read many, many times, mouthed and repeated, but whether it's deeply pondered, sometimes I wonder. 
And so last week what we were talking about, um, we were talking about being the salt. And um, sometimes we kind of get twisted up a little bit and we, we kind of believe that we are the sugar. And um, I just thought it was great illustrations to see and understand what the what the salt and what these things really mean. And just as a wrap up of that last little bit, you know, what we're seeing is the the illustration that our Lord uses. They're all very conspicuous things: salt, light, a city set on a hill. And there is no possibility of mistaking them to, you know, of understanding what those end of it things are. You, you'll know when you see salt, you'll know when you see light. And when a city sitting on a hill, that's pretty obvious. And so to preserve something from corruption, salt has to be placed in the midst of it. I think this is important for us to understand. But before it can do its work, it causes salt causes a tear. <laughs> excessive irritation if you've ever had a cut and gone into the ocean or you know got salt in a wound by mistake um and it leads to in our cases as people of faith it can lead to and and more than likely leads to persecutions in some way also light attracts moths and bats and points the ways for burglars as well as people who are honest if you think about that and a city is a gathering place for all human, everybody, the good, the bad, the driftwood. Um, and where, what kind of society are we seeing today? The cities around us, I mean, uh, we, we have people who that don't even want to work to earn their own living. And so being a believer, we can have many people attach themselves to us. And there can be very ungrateful hangers on. And you know what? When you're when you're trying to do good and when you're trying to do what's right, you know, the, the, this is going to happen. They're going to come and they're going to try to take advantage of you. Now, again, Jesus really wants us to remember that other people will certainly attempt to defraud us. How many times have you, someone you've been asked for help and you found out they only gambled the money? Or they asked you for this, for something, for a medical or prescription or this, I need food, I need this, and then you see them or hear them later that it was actually drugs. And so what happens to us when we're con doing these considerations, they form a powerful temptation for you and I. So here's the cautionary tale to this. We w may want to pretend you and I may want to pretend that we're not salt, and maybe we want to put our light under a bushel or to cover our city with a little fog. But I will tell you, in our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, there is nothing covert about what we do. That's why I say, hold up your light. There's nothing hiding that light. We can't dim that light. We can't alter that light. We need to share that light as God has given us. Because remember what the scripture said, you are the light of the world. And light can't be soiled. It cannot. You can reach for a beam of light. You can put your hand through the light. But you'll leave no mark on it. A sunbeam can shine into the most filthy of despot areas in, in, in horrible parts of city. But that light as it's shining in, it can't be soiled. Merely moral people might be, let me say this, and I'm going to be clear about this. You know, there is a certain morality that some people say, oh, that's a good person, this is a good person. And But you have to understand that merely moral people may be spoiled or soiled, I mean, in spite of their integrity. And you, I've seen this often where I've seen people that I found, I thought, man, that is one guy just filled with integrity. And I see him go into something and what he gets involved with pulls him away from what is so right and 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 so oftentimes out of jealousy and, and half the time they don't even understand what's happening to them as they change. And we won't talk about all those places that can happen, but 
I don't even have to name them to you. All you got to do is think about the world and we live in and how we can get drawn in so many directions that can soil even the most moral person. Even the person you say, that guy will never flinch. He will never do anything. And then, oh, it happens. You may reach for a beam of light with the dirtiest of your hands. You're not going to spoil it or soil that light. It's not going to happen. But those who are made pure. See, here's the key. I've already told you, you know, what happened, what we can't do here or why this way is this way. But you have to understand those who are made pure by the Holy Spirit cannot be soiled. Why, Dan? Because we are the light. Remember, the scripture says you are the light of the world. And so again, I ask you this question in thinking and listening to all that I've shared with you. I want to say to you, are you and I the salt of the earth? Are we? Are we the light of the world? If you're sugarcoating, and I'm not telling you to rip somebody apart, God's love is sharp as a two-edged sword, separating the bone from the marrow. That's what love can do. It sheds light. It becomes salt to heal the wound. Are we allowing God to exhibit in our life the truth of what can be? These can be very startling statements that Christ made. Are we allowing God to exhibit in our lives the truth that you are the light of the world, the truth that we are the salt of the earth? You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Stay WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Sail in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you again for joining me this fine Saturday morning. And if you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past, or maybe a subject that you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, or if you'd like me to send you a free Bible, please email me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. And um, I won't use your information uh, for anything other than to get you that Bible. You're joining into the second segment today on Saturday Morning with Dan Brown, and the title of today's program is Divine Declaration. And this is kind of a continuation of a program that I started, I think, a week or two ago, maybe. But it deals with something very important in a, in a chapter in the Bible, in the Gospel, in Matthew, chapter 5, that is very, very famous. It's read and known by secular people as well. And many people, when they read it, believe it's just these beautiful lines of, of uh, wisdom that encourage us. And the reality of what it is, it, it is that as well, but so much more, so deeply. And so when we go to read the scriptures, to be able to have the scriptures open to us in a way that is revealing all that God had intended to be understood in those words, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Reading the scriptures without God's spirit, you get a pretty book. You get a, you get a history text. 
and uh, to some people, it, you know, that they are moved by it. But you know, in some religions, Jesus is this um, uh, this great prophet. You know, not looked at in the same way as we do, uh, as God Himself, part of that. What forms? Our God, which is just absolutely incredibly amazing, the things that God does. So we're, here we are with divine declaration, and, and we're in Matthew 5. But what I'm going to read you next is Matthew 17 through 20. We need to read sometimes. I'm going to, because I'm not sure if all of you have the time to look sometimes or if you even have a Bible. So if not, uh, I'll read this to you. And this was Jesus teaching about the law and its what it meant and what it meant for him coming. What was his position with, with the law? And so here's what he says in chapter 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. He's the fulfillment of all. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oof. I would say um, that's quite a message he's delivering to the apostles uh, to the, as they gathered around him. <clears throat> Excuse me. What an amazing statement. When we hear our Savior speak, when we hear Jesus speak, and this is no joke to me, we should remove our shoes as though we are standing on holy ground and strip every careless, common sense attitude from our minds. In Jesus, here, we deal with God as man, the God-man. And that's hard for some people to wrap their heads around. I mean, they either want a God or they want a man. The combination together of what that means, it's often missed unless you seek God in the most intimate way. And he reveals his mysteries, as he calls them sometimes. He lets you see this insight so deeply as to what's taking place and what he is doing and has done for humanity. Again, in Jesus, in Christ, we deal with God as a man. And the God-man, the representative of the whole human race in one person. That's what Christ represents that's what he represented on earth. So in him giving his life, shedding his blood, since he represents humanity, every single one of us, good or bad, while I was still a sinner, Christ died on the cross for me. The men of Jesus' day would trace, you know, they would trace their religious uh, pedigree uh, back to the nature of God. It's interesting. And so what we find is that this young Nazarene carpenter said, I am the nature of God. And so to the scribes and the Pharisees, I almost called them parasites. Um, well, I'll leave that alone for the moment. But when he said that, then he was indicating to them that he was the nature of God. To them, he was blasphemous. But there was something behind their blasphemy because it became obvious. And even those uneducated people who saw Jesus perform miracle after miracle, feed the 5,000, make the blind see, make the deaf hear. 
heal sickness, raise the dead. This is not a mere man. This is a God man and God as man. But to them it was blasphemous. But they knew in their hearts. But as some of these wonderful parables that have been shared with us through the scriptures about the vineyard and the, the representatives that, that were being sent into the vineyard to ask the people who had rented it and using it to do what they should have done and they were, everybody was ignored and they finally sent the son, the inheritor. And what did the people who were in the vineyard do? They killed him, usurped him, so that they believed that they could stay in control of the vineyard. And so it was with those back in the day when Jesus walked this earth, those that saw what he did, although they screamed uh, in their piousness and their fake righteousness, oh, he's blaspheming. The underlying thing behind it was their jealousy that their position the things that they would hear, their seats at the head of the table, the, oh, you are so righteous, Pharisee, you are so righteous, scribe. But what has Jesus said? They're whitewashed sepulchers filled with dead men's bones. You lay heavy tasks on the people, but you don't lift one finger to help them. So here he was. And so what does Jesus do? He makes himself the exact meaning and fulfillment of all. And let me say this, all Old Testament prophecy, all of it. Because here's what he says. He came and his mission is to fulfill the law and the prophets. And then he goes on to say that any person who breaks the old laws because they belong to the former dispensation, right? And he teaches others to break them as well. Oh, my goodness. He says, anyone who does that will suffer severe impoverishment. Wow. And so if the old commandments were difficult, right? Now Jesus is saying these principles that are unbelievably even more difficult. Yeah, before, if you, just, if you stole, you did something. If you murdered somebody, there was a penalty. But now Jesus is telling you, if you thought it. Ooh, if you thought it, it was a penalty. Even though you kept it down deep, dark, inside such a place, and no one knew that you were having these torrid, lustful thoughts of doing harm or uh, unconscionable things to other people out of jealousy. You were even more guilty in that thought. You didn't have to even act on it. But there is a there is a but here. There's there's something else that goes along with us. He's showing us the deepness that we've fallen. Everything he teaches us is impossible for us to do unless he can put us in his spirit. And remake us from within. Unless the Holy Spirit is in possession of you and I. As I've said in past segments and past programs. It's the, the Bible's not a moral handbook that we just follow through and hope that it works. The scriptures are beautiful words inspired by the Holy Spirit to lead us to this intimate relationship with a living, breathing God in heaven who has accomplished miracles on our behalf to reunite us even though we're in our sinful nature, to reunite us, but not on our own terms. You see, there's where we fall. There's where we mess up. It is very simple. It is a choice. You just need to make the choice because what God is asking us to do is impossible on our own. So he teaches us. And what he teaches us 
is impossible unless he can put it into us, his Holy Spirit, and remake us within him. The Sermon on the Mount is quite unlike the Ten Commandments, isn't it? And you know what? We're going to take a short break and come right back after this and talk about that difference. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. People all over the Jersey Shore have found the easiest way to stay connected to South Jersey's talk station. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. Read free South Jersey news. Listen to your favorite talk shows. Send us pics and videos when you see breaking news. Wake up with the alarm clock feature and more. It's all just a tap away with the WPG Talk Radio app. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. News. I'm Samantha Leithman. A 37-count federal indictment unsealed Friday against former President Trump related to those classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago. The charges include unlawful retention of national defense information, obstruction, conspiracy, and false statements. The former president is blaming Democrats for what he calls the box hoax. This indictment is not stopping Trump from campaigning. He's still scheduled to appear at the North Carolina Republican Party convention this weekend. Fox's Madeline Rivera. The current president taking credit for what he says is a strong economy in North Carolina. We've now in two and a half years created 13.4 million new jobs. More jobs in two years than any president has created in four years. The president speaking in a community college in North Carolina. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey today. Partly sunny, pleasant, the high 85. Mainly clear tonight, we're going down to 57. A partly sunny day tomorrow, it's hotter, the high 90. And then mostly cloudy on Monday, breezy and humid with a couple of heavy thunderstorms in the afternoon. Could bring some hail and damaging winds. Monday's high 83. I'm AccuWeather's Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for tuning in. Um, It is my pleasure week after week to bring you this program. And uh, from your questions and your comments and your encouragements, um, we seem to be accomplishing something here, which is great. Uh, but I do explain to you here and there, share with you that the, the, what we talk about in this short amount of time on the air is, is, is only a small parcel, a piece of what there is to know and come to love about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is only a tiny speck of what there is in the endless love that God has for humanity. And so my purpose only is to encourage you endlessly to reach out to the Father and God of all creation to develop and let him develop in you because that's how it really works. The amazing thing for you and I is that we have a choice. He gives us a choice. He doesn't force any one of us, but he gives us a choice. And the other incredible thing that happens with God is – He meets us where we're at. My friends, he meets you in your brokenness. And yes, he meets us in our sin. That's a heavy one, isn't it? He meets us in our sin. He's not looking for you to somehow shed that sin coat and all of a sudden, you know, okay, God, I finally got rid of all that stuff. We can have a relationship. My brothers and sisters, that is not how it works. But I know so often of us who have been involved with different groups and different things, and I don't want to point out anybody in particular, but you're almost made to feel that you cannot step into a place of worship. When exactly the opposite is what it is. A church is a place for sinners to come 
and meet their Savior. Does it have to be in a church, in a pew, in a seat, in a building that's called? Absolutely not. Because the church has nothing to do with a building. It has nothing to do with a roof. It has nothing to do with a steeple. The church is each one of us. The church is the bride of Christ, made up of all those men and women, people of every ethnicity, of every shade, of every pigmentation, who come together in an intimate relationship with the God of all creation. That is what is so important. And that is what I want to share with you week after week after week. But back to this wild program that we're doing called Divine Declaration, continuation of the series we're doing on the Sermon on the Mount, on the Beatitudes. And uh, I'm hoping that th this short time that we have will encourage you to seek further. Go to a solid Bible-believing church that tells you Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the third person in the triune Godhead. Oh, that coming out sounds very difficult, doesn't it? But in understanding who God is and what makes him up, when you seek him, he will give you that clarity. That's not something that you're going to be able to see and understand without the Holy Spirit. You may believe you do. You may think you do. But the reality is, is that you cannot. Again, just having moral principles is not the answer. Certainly doesn't hurt, and it's certainly a great beginning. But moral principles alone lead us to an end of darkness. To the grave. When we meet our Savior and we surrender all that we are, Jesus leads us into eternity. And that is what I hope that at least minimally is communicated. But let me, let me go back to where we left off. I was saying to you that if the old commandments were difficult, um, that Jesus's principles and that what he was sharing were unbelievably even more difficult, as I shared with you. You steal the Ten Commandments, you do this, you do that. But the reality is what Jesus said, if you thought those things. So he took it a step further. And so uh, everything he teaches is impossible unless he can put into us his spirit and remake us. He remakes us from inside, from within. And so the Sermon on the Mount is quite unlike the Ten Commandments in the sense of it being absolutely unworkable unless Jesus Christ can remake it. And there are generations and generations and generations of people who've only hung on the Ten Commandments. If it ignored the fact that the Messiah has come and everything about the Ten Commandments and all the Levitical laws were pointing to the birth of a Messiah who would come to save his people. And his people was humanity. There are teachers who will argue with you that the Sermon on the Mount supersedes the Ten Commandments. I hear that all the time. And, and they'll say that because they'll, they'll use Romans 6.15, because we are not under the law but under grace. And so it doesn't matter whether we honor our father and our mother, whether we covet or so on. To be not under the law but under grace doesn't mean that we can do as we like, as many people believe. It is surprisingly easy how we can wiggle out of Jesus' principles by just one or two pious, uh, pious say, uh, sayings. You know, these, these wonderful sayings that someone will quote you back in a minute. Don't worry about it. I'm under grace. I can do whatever I want. These sayings are repeated so often. I've heard it a thousand times. 
But the only safeguard against this is to keep personally related to God, not just on written principles. That's the safeguard is the relationship. The secret of all spiritual understanding is to walk in the light. Not the light of our convictions, not the light of our own theories, but the light of God. And when you get a moment, read 1 John in the New Testament, the letter of John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. And that's going to give you some more insight into exactly what I'm sharing with you here. Oh, my, would I like to go and have this show go for four hours. Be a great way to put you to sleep, right? <laughs> Back to sleep, I should say. But that, that is the truth of it all. And I, and I pray that what I'm sharing with you today, I pray to my Heavenly Father that these things that settle deep into your heart. And again, I think it's worthwhile for me to, to reiterate this one more time. To be under the law of grace, think about this, doesn't mean that we can do as we like. It doesn't mean that. And it's surprising how we, we wiggle out of, of the principles that Christ has shared with us by just a couple of pious sayings, right? The only safeguard against this to keep is to keep and stay personally and in a personal relation with God. And the secret of all spiritual understanding is to walk in the light. And he is the light. Again, not the light of our convictions or our own theories, but walk in the light of God. Mm. I am moved so much and so thankful that God has allowed me to share this understanding with you. And when we're thinking about Jesus and when we're thinking about Matthew in a chapter, and we're right around verse 20 in, that, in chapter 5, which is really his message, right? And here's what I want to ask you. I want you, to, I want you to think of something. I want you to think of the most upright person you know who has never received the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot. I know a lot of people that seem to me very righteous and very right, although um, maybe in some way they are on the inside a, a believer, yet they want people to believe that eh, most they're agnostic, maybe, maybe. And I want you to think of the most moral, sterling, religious person such as Nicodemus. Think about Nicodemus. Oh, my gosh, the things he said to the group of those scribes and Pharisees. Or I want you to think about fellow Pharisee of one time, Saul, who became Paul. I want you to think about those people who was called blameless according to the law in Philippians 3, 6. Look that up when you can. This guy was called blameless. But you know what Christ says to us? Christ says we must exceed that person in righteousness. You not only have to be as the moral or as moral as the most moral human being you know, infinitely more to be right in your actions so pure in your motives that almighty god can see nothing to blame in you are any of us there am i there i pray i'm on the path but i could never be so bold as to say i'm i am a broken man who is attempting at every turn to turn my life over to Christ. Submit my will and surrender all. That is my hope. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to take a short break and be right back after this. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Texting privacy. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome again this fine Saturday morning, and as always, we truly appreciate you taking time and tuning into our program. Listen, if you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past, or maybe even a subject you'd like to hear me discuss in the future, or if you would like a free modern translation Bible, please contact me with your name and your address. Email me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com that's saturday morning dan brown at yahoo.com and my prayer for you the only thing that i would request and hope that you do is wear out those pages again thank you for tuning in to saturday morning with dan brown we're in our fourth segment of today's program and my oh my does the time fly and when you're speaking about something that is so dear and deep in your heart and hopeful and hopeful that those that are listening may benefit from it if you benefit from it drop me a line email me say dan i benefit from it if you don't like it hey feel free to disagree it's okay um but i my hope is that you at least listen and give a chance and if you're someone who's listening for the first time and you don't have a relationship with God, a relationship with Christ, you know what? Pray and ask God to open your heart. That's all it takes. It really does. You make a conscious choice to say, Lord, if you are there, I want to know. God, if there is a way out of the mess that I'm in, it doesn't matter where you're at or what you've done. It's, God doesn't require you to shed your bad ways before he meets you. That's how it works. He doesn't say, oh, you got to drop your addiction or you got to drop your sin or you got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing that. He comes to you when you ask, when you reach out. When you reach out to God to make a choice to want to know him. He'll meet you there. And whatever it takes, he'll embrace you. He already has, and you don't even know it. The issue becomes as we reject God's advances, because it is a choice, more often than not, we say, God's not doing anything for me. I will tell you what you've done is you've pushed him away. You need to go to him with an open heart. You need to go to him in prayer and say, Lord, I, I really want to know you. It doesn't, again, it doesn't matter where you've been, what sin you've committed. Christ died on the cross so that when God looks at you and I, that blood that was on the cross way back when, like in the days of Moses, when they put the lamb's blood over the doorway, the angel of death didn't go in that house. And that's a representative of you and I today. The house is you and, my, and me. And the doorway is our soul. And when we accept the blood of the Lamb of God, who is Christ, who those people did that endlessly sacrificing lambs year after year after year after year sacrifice that never removed one sin. But God gave them the ability to see, and hopefully some, and I'm sure there were, those that realized what God was doing because they reached out in a way to open their hearts even to God then. And so there were prophets that God gave visions to, words to share with people, to lead them 
in a way, in a path of righteousness. So that in the time of salvation, when the Savior was born, we might not miss it. And that's my prayer for you. Reach out today. Take a moment to, of quiet to reach out to the God of heaven. It doesn't have to be fancy words. You can cry in your heart. You can cry out loud. You can break down whether you've been the sinner, whether you've been the abuser or you've been the abused. God's arms are open to you. They are. So I pray you make the choice to reach back up. Embrace what God wants to give you, and he will meet you where you are. There is no sin too great, and you haven't gone too far. Every day that there's a breath left in your body is the day that can be your day of salvation. Remember the thief on the cross next to Jesus. There were two. And they both knew they were about to die. And in his last dying moments, he came to the defense of Christ as the other thief was shouting insults to Jesus. And that sinner said, this man who was in between us has done nothing. He's done nothing to deserve what's happening here to him. But you and I, oh, we deserve this. And so that's who we are as sinners. But what did Jesus say to him? Even in the pain and agony of having spikes drawn through his, oh my gosh, hammered through his hands and through his feet, beaten, flogged, flesh hanging. What did he say? He said to him, today, you will be with me in paradise. Because in the words that that thief had uttered, even though he was a sinner still hanging on the cross, today to him, he accepted the Lord of salvation. And he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. I pray and hope. Today is your day. My friends, again, we're still in the fourth segment of today. And this is such a powerful message, such a moving message, so much to it that we're, we're only scratching the surface of what was said on the mount. Can you imagine just a few things that we've talked about in these three to four weeks that I've been doing the series, have so much emotion, which you can get emotion, but there is more to it than just emotion, and there is passion to it, absolutely. But there is salvation in the words that lead us to the living Christ, and that's what you need to understand. And again, as I shared with you just a few seconds ago, you have to be not only moral as the most moral human being that you know, but infinitely more. You have to be so right in your actions, so pure in your motives, that the Almighty God can see nothing to blame in you. And that's where you step back and you go, Dan, I am such a mess. I am so broken. I am a sinner. I've done this, this, this forever. But today can be the day of the change. Today, the day you can make a choice to say, I accept you, Jesus. And so the statements of Christ made are the most revolutionary statements that human hears, that human ears have ever heard. No, no doubt. And I consider myself a revolutionary too often for good or bad sometimes. But I'm going to say that again. The statements that Christ uttered, the things that Jesus said to all of us, and these words were written for all of us, are the most revolutionary statements that human ears have ever heard. 
And we need the Holy Spirit, as I was saying earlier, to interpret them to us. It is a fact. But today's shallow admiration for Jesus Christ as a teacher is of no value. Because as most teachers and all around us have passed on, they're dead and in the grave. So the words that they have are only words. But Jesus was raised to life. His death had a meaning. His death had a purpose that would reunite all humanity back to the Father through the blood that was shed. The Bible says we are healed by his stripes and wounds. Jesus said that our inclinations must be right to their depths. Not only our conscious motives, but also our unconscious motives. Think about that. I have unconscious motives. Oh, you're darn right you do, brother. You're darn right you do, sister. (laughs) We do have. Again, today's shallow admiration for Jesus Christ as a teacher has no value and no use. These are not pretty sayings made to be poems that we repeat endlessly that do not move our heart to action and a direction towards our Savior, towards the creator of the universe. So Christ is telling us that every inclination of our heart, our mind, and our soul must be right to the deepest depths. Not only as our conscious motives, but also our unconscious ones. And so I would ask you, are we beyond our own abilities? Can God make me pure in heart? My brother, my sister, it is the entire object of of Jesus' death. Mm. Blessed be his name. I tell you, he can do that for you. He can. He can. And that and nothing less is the meaning of his cross and resurrection. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. God bless you. 95. Point five. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.